Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and by popular demand, we are expanding the subject of murals throughout the entire summer. Yep, all summer long, you'll hear from master muralists to learn the tips to creating a thriving business, painting large scale. I have handpicked each interviewee based on their expansive knowledge of the mural industry so that you can learn from the absolute best. Plus, I'm throwing in some of my own mural tips within solo episodes, and if that isn't enough, I've created a full training for you all about how to grow your art business quickly using murals like I have. If you're listening this summer and thinking, okay, let me see what this mural thing is all about. Or if you're wondering if you could even create large scale paintings too, then go to artistacademy.co to learn how you can start making money in the mural biz. (laughs) The majority of my income comes from murals and I want to help you get started too because I know how profitable they can be. (laughs) Go to artistacademy.co to claim your free training and I hope you're having a fabulous summer. (laughs) Every Monday, I interview some of my amazing Artist Academy Advanced students to get to know them better and give direct advice on their art business. Today, I was chatting with Sylvia Hecht, who has a very unique story, so I thought I would share it with all of you. We talk about the ways she's gotten work abroad and has traded murals for things like free stay at hostels and Airbnbs. She has some really good tips for having that trade conversation, and we talk about getting jobs in general when you're just starting out. This is a fly on the wall listen to a coaching call, and I know as a beginner artist, this call would appeal directly to me because I love traveling, I love experiencing new new cultures, and I'm currently working on the possibility of our next mural meetup being a trade abroad experience. So it all fits together, but let me know what you think about this student spotlight episode with Sylvia Hecht. I'm super glad that you came out and we got to meet in person. So I know, you know, who you are and how you talk already. And just, you're such yeah. an artist. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I feel like when I look at you, I see artist, And I think that's just <laughs> such a cool thing. You have such a cool, like, way about you. And anyway, so yeah, I would love to hear more about your story. Like how you got into the arts and all the things and your goals and everything. Yeah, I've been excited to talk to you since I kind of randomly hopped on that live that you were doing in the Artist Academy. Got to share a little bit of the kind of travel story and, and my start with muraling, but I've been excited to be able to dive a little deeper on that because I'm definitely coming from the traveling mural side of things. I was not, I would not have considered myself a painter before I started traveling. I've always had, you know, always been interested in visual arts, always had some sort of art background, but in university I was doing printmaking and different drawing mixed media mediums. And yeah, it wasn't until late 2017, I decided to take a break from university, go on the road and I just needed to see some new things, get some inspiration. I didn't really have a plan. I just saved up some money and bought a one-way flight to Mexico. Within the first few weeks that I was there, I very serendipitously met this guy who owned a hostel and he offered uh, me the opportunity to paint on their beautiful like interior courtyard space that they had in exchange for accommodation at their at their hostel. And so that was my first ever mural 
totally fell in love with it, had never painted or, or made anything in that context before of getting to be outdoors and painting on a large scale. And it was just so, so different from anything else that I experienced. And so then as I continued to travel, I was doing different kind of work exchange opportunities. So just volunteering, working reception or bartending or cooking in kitchens, whatever I could do to just stretch my dollar as far as possible. But because I had that in my mind that, like, oh, some people actually want to trade for art as well. I started looking for more of those creative opportunities. And within the first, uh, yeah, within the first like six weeks of being on the road, I was already getting different gigs to go to various hostels in Central America and do art and got to stay at some really amazing, incredible places. And a lot of times like people within the hospitality industry will also know people that own other businesses or be affiliated with different people. And so you get to kind of just make all those connections very organically. And it was really enjoyable for me because I wasn't marketing myself as an artist. I was just out in the world living and realized that I had all these skills to offer that people people really want. And yeah, first few months I was just traveling, trading art for room and board and just kind of seeing what I could and then I think about five months after I started traveling I went to Colombia and that's where I got my first big commission and I painted this long like 30 foot it's actually a chicken coop the outdoor structure <laughs> farm in Colombia and so that was like the first project that really made me realize that this is something that I could potentially make a career out of. But I've just been doing murals here and there over the last few years and I'm now starting to think more seriously about making that my primary means of travel and, and being able to just kind of connect to the world through art. I love that. <laughs> I love everything about that. <laughs> I feel like your story is so cool and it could have been a, a route that I would have taken. Like that was a very possible thing because I remember just so many times I was like, I just really want to travel. I just want to go. And so I went, but it was really for like 30 days at a time and then we'll come back. But every time I was gone, I was like, what am I doing? I could just go. And then, but I just never did. And so it seemed, it's just really cool for me to live through you and these experiences and how you went and you just did. Cause I love the hostile life. People are like, are, are they dirty? Are you, you're sleeping next to people? And I'm like, no, well, like you are sleeping next to people, but it's cool. Cause everybody's in the same boat and yeah. it's just, it's the best. I loved it. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting living that lifestyle being like, I'm somewhat introverted myself. So I didn't know how I'd be with the whole like group living dynamic, but you actually, you get much better at it and you get much better at carving out those moments of pri privacy and learning how to prioritize your own needs and your own things that you want to be doing. Cause it's so easy to just get swept up in adventuring and flitting around to a different place every day and all of that. And sometimes that's fun, but I prefer to like go somewhere and stay a while and get to know people and get to know the, the culture a little bit. So having like a home base, working in a hostel, doing something like that has been a really nice way to kind of travel a bit more slow, which is really my preferred style. And then a lot of times I would have different painting gigs, which isn't always muraling specifically. Sometimes I was working for hostels doing kind of like a creative project management, I call it. Anything design related, painting signs and helping with branding and just kind of doing the whole like art direction side of things because most businesses don't have someone 
specifically on their team to help with those things. So if someone shows up and just has that whole skill set, like a lot of places get really excited about it. But yeah, so a lot of my gigs, I'd kind of stay somewhere for a few weeks or a month, and then I'd choose a new spot, and then I'd see a few things along the way, and then stay at the new place for a month or however it works out. So it's, it suited me really well, that style of traveling and working. Oh, I love that because you're, this is just such a beautiful example of finding opportunities wherever you are, no matter where you are. And just, I think a lot of people want to do exactly what you've done. And so this is just a, a really great example that it's so possible. And if you just go and you talk with people and we had kind of talked a bit and you mentioned that a Facebook message was a, a very personal, like a little bit more personal than an email and you got really good uh, responses from that. Can you talk about that? Cause I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm not sure that I can say really good responses. Response rate is a little better when you contact businesses on Facebook versus over email because then they tend to believe that you're actually a real person and not an automated sales pitch. Doing the kind of cold calls and that pitching side of things is definitely something that is still, been, still a learning process for me. I have found that I have had really good success pitching myself in person, not mm. as good of success pitching myself online. So it's a process. I'm trying to get better about being able to secure projects before I show up in a location as opposed to going to a new city and then scoping out different businesses there and finding projects once I'm already on the ground. So I think that Facebook Messenger can be a good tool trying to find a specific member of a team of the place that you're trying to work for as opposed to just mark messaging their their, you know, broad customer service email or whatever it may be. And just trying to personalize it, just trying to be like, hey, I'm a human being and I want to work with you and help kind of bring your vision to fruition. People are really on board with that versus just like, hey, you want to give me some money? It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. And it just, there's no, you're right. There's no trade for personal connection because there's so many times when I was traveling too, like there was a hostel in Ishka, Italy. And if I would have messaged them beforehand and been like, hi, I want to paint your stuff. They would have been like, who are you? <laughs> like, but being there and having that natural conversation of, oh yeah, I do art. Oh yeah. Oh, can you do this? Oh yeah. And then just, there's, there's just no trade for an in-person connection like that. And I actually just yeah. messaged them right after our mural meetup. So I was like, oh, maybe they'll let us come back and do it. So I just messaged them. I was like, hi, are you the same owners? Is this painting still there? Like I'll meet up in Italy. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was messaging them I'm like would you be interested and they were like yes your painting's still there I was like cool <laughs> after seven eight years and then I was like would you be interested they're like yes so I just sent them like a pitch of hey we'll trade free stay for a week for doing murals let me know how many people would be your maximum so we're like in the process of talking but I had that personal connection with them first and I'm going to them first before I just do cold calls because we all get those emails that seem automated. So your advice is personalize it. That would be the best thing, which I totally agree. Have you had success with messaging people before you've gotten there? Yeah, I have. And I actually have a few contacts around the world that are kind of interested in my art if and when I end up Ooh. in that part. That's definitely exciting. Yeah, I've had a, a couple things pan out over Facebook and people who have reached out to me online, but I find that also those tend to be the projects where it's more like 
I have a specific logo I need painted or you're kind of working with with project ideas that they already are planning to execute versus if you show up in person it tends to be easier to be like this is my vision for this place and how I think that art could improve it and I also I come from a service and hospitality background so I've found that I really enjoy that side of things and I really have a lot to offer when it comes to using art not just for a purely aesthetic point, but to be able to help the business as well in terms of, oh, hi, kitty. <laughs> kitty, okay. Hi. Ooh. Yeah, go. I, I like to think about like how people's eyes are directed when they enter a space and how the color scheme and the lighting and all of that are working together. And so I think when you're able to pitch yourself in that way and kind of get people to recognize those skills as well. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. What was your question again? About uh, no, uh, yeah, no, it was just about um, pitching yourself before you got there. But that's a really great question or a really great statement as well, because people think of artists as, oh, we like to color. But just saying things like, let's make a space work with the lighting and how your eyes you know, are directed. Those are the things that they teach you in college or in classes. And so just reiterating those, because I have forgotten several of that. You just, it's like things, but you don't know why you know. And sometimes as artists, I think we kind of take for granted all that knowledge that we have, and we don't even realize that would be helpful to a client. That we're just automatically jumping to that point of, this is the composition that makes the most sense, because obviously, your client isn't necessarily going to understand where that's coming from. And the more you can kind of be involved in that process and, and make it a collaborative thing to to come up with design that's going to really benefit the business and benefit the space and be something that feels very cohesive and feels very intentional. That's definitely what I'm all about. Yeah, that's such a great point. I'm so glad we talked about this. So after you traveled around South America, you ended up in South Africa. You tell us about that. I accidentally moved to South Africa. It was originally supposed to be there just like February and March. Flight home was the first week of April. That didn't happen. I ended up staying for like almost nine months the first time, which was the longest that I'd been in one place in the last four years. Didn't go back to university. <laughs> started, started traveling a semester off, maybe it'll be a year off. That was four years ago because I just found that I like making art out in the world a lot more than I liked learning about it in the classroom. So maybe go back someday, but found myself in South Africa early 2020, was painting at this beautiful guest house in the suburbs of Cape Town, became really good friends with the owner of the guest house. And then when lockdown started, she was like, stay as long as you, you can help me with kind of odd jobs around the house. I ended up being an amazing, amazingly lucky situation, especially because so much of the last few years of my life has been living in like backpacker hostels. And if I had been in, in a hostel of that type I basically would have been out on the street when the lockdown started um but as it happened I uh, became really good friends with the owner of this guest house and then she had another business venture that she brought me on board to do kind of all the art direction and branding and paint a couple of murals for cafe in downtown Cape Town so that kept me busy most of 2020 so I was really fortunate to still have some work and then because I had stayed there so long it kind of, I kind of developed a community there and, and really liked it and ended up going back again in January, June. Then that just ended up being a really nice place for me to kind of, I wasn't painting that much when I was there. I've been doing a lot of kind of 
the more admin side of starting to be serious about having an art business and kind of clarifying what my vision for it is and how I want to move forward. So I'm really lucky to be able to not be too stressed or financially unstable in the last year that I was able to really take this time to, yeah, to get clear on, on how I want to move forward and how I want to be presenting myself as an artist in the world. Yeah. Yeah, you came back just in time for the mural meetup and all of that, too. I'm so glad you came. It worked out so well. Oh, yeah. I was going to be able to join initially, but I was so glad to be there. Like, really yeah. yeah, and for our future mural meetups, like, there was, there was just so many people here at our last one. 25, 30 might be a little much, so I think we're going to max out at 15. Yeah. yeah. Totally valid. So, yeah. Um, so, I was putting in one of my murals. I meant to say this right at the beginning, so. Yeah. I I painted this, this is at my parents' house. I painted this for them when they moved in here to kind of give them feel a little bit more at home in their new place. So this is in their bathroom. I'm sitting, I'm perched on the edge of the jacuzzi right now, but I'll sometimes do video calls here because it's a nice backdrop and then you can see my work in context. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> and it's quiet in there. And <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any questions for me or any suggestions for the Academy or anything along those lines? Yeah, I don't know. I definitely felt like it was very kind of fortuitous me getting involved when I did. And I think that I actually signed because I wasn't a part of the Artist Academy before you started doing the, the muraling education thing. And I specifically joined because I got a ad or I think you posted in a face in one of the muraling Facebook groups about it. And it was just such the right timing for me because I've really been feeling up to this point, like I'm kind of just piecing things together for myself. And I didn't really know any other artists or have people to look up to that, ha that were doing this in the same kind of non-traditional way of like, I don't have an art studio. I don't have a lot of physical wares that I'm selling and so I was really curious about just to learn from someone who's farther along this journey than I am and had been really feeling like I want some more kind of like mentorship and want some more networking opportunities within the art and, and muraling world. So I feel like I've definitely gotten a ton out of being part of this community already. And I'll definitely have questions for you going forward, but it was really nice to be able to to join the muraling meetup and get to learn from you and from everyone firsthand and just see like the different ways that that people approach things and everyone's different styles and that was what was so cool about making about doing like a garden piece together is because it kind of just developed in this very organic way that like some people are like I, th I think that my strengths probably are more on the like composition side. I just look at something and I'm like, we need to fill in there and we need to like, I'm just looking at the piece very hol holistically and people, a lot of people are like honing in on little details and are like very good at what they do and chugging out like beautiful flowers. And it was just really cool to see that all come together and see the, yeah, see the different approaches and see also like the, the murals at the Wonders of Wildlife and what can that's kind of the more realistic side of things and very like representational versus what I do I think is a lot more kind of ornamental and more kind of minimalist and also where everyone is at in terms of their their the business side of things I think that some people are far more in the production side of like creating art every day having a total practice around it but not necessarily 
knowing much or having much interest in the marketing side of things. And I'm starting to learn that I actually am quite interested in the marketing and business side of things. But now it's just about now I've been focusing on that a lot and I haven't been doing as much as the creating side. So it's just about finding a balance. So I guess my question to you would be kind of how that has evolved within your own business and how you strike that balance for yourself. So I typically take Mondays to do like sketches and do like interviews like this and do a bunch of the like paperwork side of things, shipping. And I actually have your box right here, right next to me. And that I'm shipping out today with your bathroom stuff. <laughs> so Mondays are typically my days of doing that. And I have found that I'll be like during the week, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I, I'll tell somebody that I'll mean to get a sketch out to them and it just won't happen until Monday. And so now like through trial and error, I've been like, just, I'll just tell people like Mondays are my days to do that. I don't want to do it like any other time because yeah. then the, re the rest of the days are like just our painting basically. And then I try to take weekends off. So like a lot of times I'll have really good intentions to do things like shipping but during uh, other times of the week. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. And then I'm just so busy with painting. And so I finally had a point where I was like, okay, I cannot schedule anything else. I cannot schedule a painting project on Monday because that's just my day. Because if not, I would put it into the weekend and I'd be sketching on the weekend or going running errands on the weekend and I just I just became too much so Mondays are like my days and some people like to do that to be like the mornings are their times to do that or after five from five to six or something but mine is like a certain day to do that and so anytime I'm wanting to do reaching out to people emails a lot of just a lot of customer contact is on Mondays because or else they'll get a very short snippet from me the rest of the week which might not be the best business practice but that's just the thing that works best and let's see any other and a lot of the times I don't really worry a lot about any other kind of marketing unless it's just content so taking photos like at, at the end of the day I just make sure to at least take a photo or at least have a time-lapse video up and that's my marketing like that's it <laughs> and so I'll try to post usually Monday through Friday just to get the five times a week thing out whether it's just doing sketches or doing like pa sometimes packaging I'll like time lapse myself video myself doing like packaging something up and sometimes I'll just post that because that's what I'm doing that day unless I get like way too overwhelmed like the past couple of weeks we've been like out of town and doing stuff and I've been slacking on posting but now that things are normal <laughs> it's every day typically five or five to seven days and yeah usually just my marketing is just photos and videos and <laughs> I will just take a couple short videos, a couple short photos while I'm doing stuff. And then right after I'm done with the project or right after I'm done with the day, I'll take 20 minutes and just make it into a video or make a short post about it and either put it in my drafts or post it right then. And that's just, that's my thing. That way I can just totally focus on painting for that six, seven, eight hours a day. And then the 20 minutes after I'll, I'll work on a post and post it then or post it later and then or just post a like I'll have three different photos I took during the day put during my drafts or put in my drafts and then yeah so just like not even worrying about it when it comes to the painting part of it is my secret to anything it's just painting and loving it do you feel like that's been helpful to also be able to then compartmentalize things mentally that you're not 
you're not being like sidetracked by the different sides of the the business and everything. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> all the time though, I'll get emails of people being like, Hey, can we get an estimate for this project? We're, we're not sure if we're going to do it. Can you just give us a budget? And so I'll just have to just be like, okay. And sometimes it's, it was a bad habit for me to open an email and then be like, okay, I'll do that later. And I just, I can't do that or else I'll forget about it. So my little, my own mental hack is, okay, if I open an email that I need to respond to, and I absolutely can't do it at that moment, I will just leave it up. I won't exit out of it. I'll just leave it up in my email. So the next time I go into my email, it's already up. And I'm like, oh, okay, I need to respond to this or else I'm just going to forget about it. So um, just like, yeah, just responding whenever possible just but just do very short stuff during the week and then Monday they get a long response from me and hey this is your sketch and this is what I think about it and blah 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 and then I'll also tell them if you can get a response today I can get something back to you but if it's not coming in today then it'll be next week before I get back to you I just let them know ahead of time yeah just be really upfront about your schedule and the way that you plan your week yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah, another one is just that one of just right after a project, while it's still exciting, I'll make some draft posts and just do it then. Because if not, then I'm on to the next project and I just forget about the last one. Just like when I'm on this one right now, like tomorrow's project is the only one I'm thinking about. The one after that, I don't even know what it is. It's always on my calendar, but I don't even like people are like, hey, what kind of projects do you have coming up? And I'm like, I just have to stop because I'm like, I don't know. I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds helpful to just kind of really be intentional about compartmentalizing everything so that you can focus on what you need to be focusing on. Do you feel like you are wanting to kind of expand the business side of what you're doing and do more outreach or more education or whatever it may be? Or do you feel like you've gotten to a point where you have your kind of your marketing and your community somewhat automated to the point that you can focus more on the painting side and you're kind of like happy with where those things are at or are you thinking about scalability that's a good question so for the longest time i just worked on the painting side of it and it was just painting getting stuff and then once jobs started coming in regularly and i was booked out at least a month or two months or three months that's when i introduced the artist academy and i really didn't put much or i really haven't put much work on outreach of painting stuff in the past two or three years because it's just been coming in from the work that I had previously done of going out and pitching myself and doing a lot of outreach in the beginning. So it's really just my painting business has been on autopilot. And I've had like little ideas here and there with prints and then doing a series and, what, and I'll be like, okay, I'll do that. And but really with people coming to me, until it dries up, that's really not like a just a thing and I just don't worry about it but for the last two years has really just been focusing on the, the artist community the the artist academy the Facebook group doing the email lists for that and like getting all the members and getting them getting you guys like to the point where you have a lot of video footage and I don't really need to do a whole lot. Like there's intro videos and there's intro emails that are, that are just set up to where now finally, I was just thinking this like the other day, actually, I was just thinking how, okay, now it's more of, I don't really have to hustle a lot 
with the whole artist academy side of it now things are starting to be set up with that and so I was actually just thinking the, I actually just am starting to take on a new venture because that's I guess what you do whenever whenever things are starting to get normal and one thing you just add more to the plate and I might be writing a book at the moment I've just got an outline done and I'm one of my really good friends from back home is an editor and that's really the only reason that this is she like she, she's a really good writer and so we're like just talking about the idea and I'm like oh just when things just started to get easy <laughs> like we'll just add something else in there so that's where we're at right now but for the big projects do I say that's just the life of a multi-passionate creative I'm just like okay but yeah it, I think there because it does in the back of my head I'm like okay but I have a bunch of projects coming in there are big projects out there that require a lot of pitching but I'm just not there yet. So like the, the $20,000, $30,000 projects, there's a lot out there that I could probably go after. And that requires a lot of pitching and a lot of no's and a lot of just a, a lot of work in order to get the big ones. But right now I'm just at a point where work is coming to me very easily. And even like this summer, I was booked out about three months and it was just a bit overwhelming, honestly. So I've just kind of even maybe stayed away from the whole pitching thing just because I'm like, there's too much. I just have too much going on. But yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, I know that you're saying that's not the primary way that you've been finding projects, seeing as a lot of things kind of come to you. But I would also just love any other advice that you have regarding regarding painting while traveling, pitching to places in new cities, you know, putting yourself out there in that way, because I'm just trying to I'm trying to get braver about it, about just like being prepared for a lot of no's, but just getting more efficient about putting feelers out as far and wide as I can. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And that's actually part of the reason why I wanted to write a book. It's about getting started in the mural industry. And the I, the more years go by, the further I get away from that. And I'm, I almost forget the stuff that I had to do in the beginning. So I want to write it all down yeah. and like just give it out. And so... Yeah, in the beginning, really the best thing is just finding someone with a connection. That was the first way I would go about it, whether it's a friend who has a business or has a parents who have a business or whatnot, just going to them and being like, hey, I would love to just talk to you about this empty wall that you have right here. This is the things we could do with it. And we could, it doesn't have to be very expensive, but we could do a logo here. We, have you ever thought about it? And it's funny though, because a lot of the people who you approach they're like actually yeah like we have a blanket treeway and I've been thinking about it for years I just people are so busy business owners are so busy so just getting in there and just starting the conversation I was like hey I'm if you could have any kind of in that is the first route that I would take like I mentioned somebody a friend with a parent who has a business or a, a place that you go to regularly or a place that your friend goes to regularly or just any kind of in that you can get in there. And if not, if there's no, absolutely no in, then it's just going to be a lot more no's, a lot easier or a lot more frequently. But yeah, just really going in and you, if you're eating at a restaurant, is there a blank wall around me? And that's the first start and just maybe mural spots I know the life <laughs> yeah yeah it's they have to have a wall they have to have a space for it and then we we fill that space so yeah just going in and just starting the conversation of 
you know, I'm, I'm an artist and then showing stuff of what you do. I think I find it keeps them from being like, okay, she doodles in her room at night too. <laughs> oh, she actually does this. And yeah, showing photos. Have, have you ever thought about this blank space and what you could do with it? And then just keeping on them in the beginning. Okay. So nowadays I'll take a deposit before I do any sketches. But in the beginning, I think it's all about the scrappiness. And there's so many times where I, so somebody gave me, sorry, not to bounce around too much, but this derives from somebody gave me a really good advice in the beginning that it was like, if you show someone a mock-up of something they absolutely love, then they're going to hire you no matter what. And they're going to pay whatever you want. And so in the, for the beginning part of stages, that's, the advice that I really took to heart. And I was like, okay, if I can just show them a mock-up of something they love, they're going to hire me. And because asking someone, you know, who, okay, they might be a little interested in doing something. They're just not sure what, I don't know. And you're approaching them. It's just harder to be like, okay, pay me a, a few hundred dollars before I start anything. They're going to be like, no, nah, I don't know about this. But yeah. if you give them an idea, you're like, oh, I think this could end like taking a picture of their space and if you can draw on that picture and whether in procreate ipad computer or anything and just showing it on there and if they see something they love they're gonna do it and yeah. so that's the biggest thing with pitching it's just giving them the visual yeah no that's a good point and i've had that experience of creating a proposal for someone doing a mock-up and having them fall in love and hire me for a project that was bigger than what we'd originally discussed but also kind of debating that idea of whether or not I have to get a deposit before I start design work. And I think that in a way it kind of sounds like, especially for more kind of beginner muralists, that it would make sense for if someone comes to you, they need to pay to, they need to have, get a deposit, get kind of the ball rolling, and then you start the design work. But if you're going out of your way to like pitch to people and sell them on that idea, then that overhead work is kind of worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just all about the whole, you're going to get told no. And there's so many projects that I put a lot of work into in the beginning and they just didn't work out and which it sucks. And, but there's this just, there's this time and money scale where in the beginning you're putting a lot of time into it and you're like, okay, is this going to be worth it? You make it a little bit, but it's not a crazy amount. And that just starts to tip and tip and tip until you get to the point where people come to you and you don't even, it's on autopilot and it's so worth it though. Cause nowadays like I, it's just, I remember being so stressed in the beginning about, okay, yeah, I have work this week, but not this, not next week. What am I going to do? I just, I wish somebody was there to be like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's just yeah. that scale is going to tip and tip and tip until you're going to be so booked out and you'll be stressed because you're booked out. <laughs> and you're talking to uh, murals by Whitney who came to the mural meetup. She's booked out six months and she's been doing this for 10 years, I think. So like a few, couple years on longer than I have, and which makes sense that she's booked out a couple months longer than me because that's just how it is. It's just the longer you're in it and then just that scale tips and it's just, but in the beginning, a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of that time. They want to see dollars for time in the beginning. And so if you're a perfect example of somebody who you don't mind, you know, putting in that time and that effort and being uncomfortable and it's because it's so worth it after a year or whatnot. And Samantha Cox, she's an example, another example of someone who last year around this time, super stressed, just trying to fill it out, trying to make money with it, pitching things, passing around flyers, seeing a couple people say yes. And now the summer she's completely booked out. Like I had, I was having her help on murals and now she's like, I'm too busy to help. 
I needed it. I was like, okay. So now she's completely booked out too. And it's just, and that happened for her in a year. So it, yeah, yeah. it'll definitely happen. Yeah. Yeah. Basically you're just saying that the, the overhead is worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And just the, having the conversation with someone too, because even if they say no right now and you can't settle on a design, there's nothing stopping them from saying yes in two years or five years. It's such a long game. And so even just meeting those people and you, you never know when they, that restaurant owner when, who doesn't want something from you right now will do a complete remodel in five years or 10 years. And you're the artist that they had the conversation with. So you're the only, only one they know. So they're going to hit you up again and be like, hey. Do you think it's really worth reaching out to previous contacts? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just to maybe touch base. And if you have the time for it. Yeah, just reaching out and yeah, the new people too, and just having having a conversation like we were talking about that personal contact, having a conversation with someone in person. That way, they know you and they'll remember you when they need something. Yeah, and I really like your advice also about trying to get on video call as opposed to just on the phone or on messenger, which like is is super relevant for what I'm saying about wanting to be able to pitch myself before I end up in a place. but still have it be, because I really, I love working with small businesses and I love working with creative entrepreneurial minded people. And so many of my projects have come about very serendipitously of just meeting those business owners and getting introduced to people organically. And that's how I like to do it. So I think, I think I was feeling a little bit of resistance about, I just, I don't want to be making cold calls. I don't want to be like doing this just like heartless heartless pitching without being able to personalize it in that way but as I've started to to do some more of that I'm recognizing that you you can personalize it you just have to be intentional about it and I actually have had a couple video calls with prospective clients in the weeks since we were first talking about this so that was helpful advice really how did that come about so did you reach out and or how did the video call come about like one that I had specifically was a, a friend of a friend who's starting a yoga studio and just friend gave me their number. She's texting me, like talking about setting up a phone call. And I'm like, wait, can I get uh, you on FaceTime because I'd love to actually get to meet you and hear a bit more about your vision for your business and all of that. Um, and I was really glad that I did that because I wouldn't have necessarily thought to be like, already on the phone with someone, hey, let me see your face. But I did find it helpful. So I'm definitely going to try and make make that a priority in terms of those pitching calls in the future. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm excited to see where you're going to be in a year or six months. And yeah, Yeah. I think it's going to be, we should do a follow-up one of this and be like, one year later, (laughs) like where where you're at and how busy you are and where where you've gone and where where you've traveled and (laughs) all the things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's it's fun for me to be able to share some of my journey as well, because like I said, like I never set out to be a muralist. It just developed that way, and there's definitely things that I would have done differently if I, if I could do it from the start again, but I think that my story can kind of be valuable as well in terms of just you have more to offer the world than what you sometimes lead yourself to believe. And that was why I think doing a work exchange sort of thing was so valuable to me. And I genuinely, I recommend that to everyone, whether you're an artist or like literally everyone in the world. If you want to just take a month off, go see something completely new, um, 
workaway.com is a great place to start. It is a paid subscription, but it's 50 bucks for a year or something like that. And there's things all over the world that people will ask for just a few hours of your time per week in exchange for a place to live. And the thing that's so valuable about it is you get to strip away all the, all the other extraneous parts of city living or having a job, having car payments, whatever it may be. And it's literally just, okay, what do I need to survive? I need a bed to sleep in, three meals a day. I need people to interact with. It's very basic. And then what do I have to offer? And you, when you get to that point, you realize that, oh, I can exchange 15, 20 hours of my week to have my basic needs met. And then I have the rest of my time to do the things that I'm actually passionate about. So when you have that as kind of your starting point, even if you just do it just to try it out, you start to really realize what your time is worth. And so that was a really powerful thing for me to be able to kind of just be confident in claiming artistship in having that faith in my own ability to that what I'm creating is actually valuable and that the skills that I have to offer are valuable and helpful to people. So yeah, I mean, I think, especially with people that are kind of just getting started in the muraling thing, and oh, let me just find a wall that someone would let you paint, I don't need that much money, just do it for exposure, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you do that on a beach in Mexico? Why don't you do that like anywhere in the world that you've been dreaming about going? Because I think also a lot of times places that are kind of travel oriented are also very into the like art scene and are trying to make it very, very lively and Instagrammable and on all of those things that can be a really good setting for that sort of work. So yeah, highly recommend anyone trying to trying to get started looking at different places in the world that you could either find commissions or do work exchange. And yeah, I'm excited to kind of continue engaging with these ideas with you in the future and talking about the traveling mural thing and, and all of it. Oh, I, I love it. Can I turn this into a, a podcast episode? Do you care? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Yeah, because this is just right up my alley. Because there's so many times where I wanted to do the whole artist in residency thing. And so that you can apply to all these. And I'm like, it's literally even thought about just instead of doing artist in residency, like creating your own and going to an Airbnb and like just re reaching out to them. And because that's a form of an artist residency, just going there and painting for a little bit and, and then just doing your thing <laughs> the rest of the time. Ah! I love this. Well, I'm super glad we got to meet and I love all of your travel stories. And yeah, like I said, I'm excited to see where you're at going to be in a year. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have. Is that, do you have any more thing else you want to talk about or any questions or anything? Not that I can think of. Okay. All right. Well, Bye. yeah, we will keep in touch. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Just another reminder that I have created an extra special training for you to learn how to grow your art business quickly using murals like I have. If you're listening this summer and thinking, okay, let me see what this mural thing is all about. Or if you're wondering if you could possibly paint large scale too, then go to artistacademy.co to learn how you can start making money in the mural biz. The majority of my income comes from murals and I want to help you get started too because I know how profitable they can be. So go to artistacademy.co to claim your free training and I will see you next week.